Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. We're presented by our good friends over at FanDuel and HelloFresh. And joining me today is the great Mark Diver. Mark, what is up? Nothing much, Evan. Nothing much. Same old, same old. You know. You look. You look very comfy. I'm kind of jealous. You, you well, get, is that a I, recliner? If I yes, it is. If I if I doze <laughs> off uh, partway through, just give me a, a shout and uh, I'll. Up to uh, I'll wake right up. You know, I think this happens to a lot of our uh, viewers and listeners when I continue to ramble on and talk. <laughs> I think they have similar impact. It happens to them uh, a bit, and, and no fault uh, of them. People don't realize how much hockey you and I watch together because it is. We, we always say we watch a lot of hockey, which means we watch a lot of bad hockey. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. When, when we luck out, like this past weekend, you and I took in a bunch of prep school action, and those that was pretty good hockey, right? But there yeah. are lots of nights during the summer and the spring when we're at a game, and it's like, what what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, if you're at a particularly bad game, you're like reassessing your life, like your priorities, <laughs> like what what could I be doing if I wasn't doing this? You know, I could anything be else? Washing my car, cutting the grass, you know. All kinds of stuff, but but yet we keep coming back. That's the thing; we continue to come back, and I always love that. It's it's uh it's a breath of fresh air. It's always a fun time. Um, so we I mean we see all levels, uh, but obviously this is a Bruins podcast. You and I can dive into prep school stuff uh, over at New England Hockey Journal. But um, with with Bruins, nineteen five and six, forty four points, first in the Atlantic, second in the East. A uh, little bit you're struggling a little bit right now. Where are you at with them? Have you changed your viewpoint on what this team is? Um, I mean, where are you sort of at with this group? I don't think I've changed. Uh, despite the record, which is unbelievably impressive, uh, you know, I, I just think they're not a contender to me uh, for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, they'll make the playoffs, but will they win more than a round? I don't know. Will they win a round? You know, I mean, they, uh, their unbelievable goaltending to this point just covers up some uh, major flaws, I think, in, in the team. Uh, you know, the loss of the guys that they lost from last year, I mean, come on. 
you just can't replace those guys. And then and they haven't. They've brought in, you know, some some halfway decent players in some positions, but it, it's not what they had at the end of last season for sure. So I'm uh, I guess that makes me a pessimist as far as the Bruins are at this point. I'm with you, and I've been on this train for a while. Like I I think you know they have overachieved a bit. The goaltending has certainly helped them. I mean, you know, even the past couple games, the goaltending's been almost phenomenal, and they just haven't really been able to pull through. And that's why I continue to go back to like, yes, they're first in the Atlantic. I get that, right? I, I and and yeah. I think they're third in the NHL. Uh, old friend Bruce Cassidy is on pace to win the to, to win the coveted President's Trophy, his second of his career. So good for him. Um, but I, I just I don't see this team as a legit cup contender. Now, maybe that means they're going to go freaking win it. Like, I've said that all year. Like, maybe this is, maybe because we don't see it, they're going to go actually win this thing. But I, like, I watch games like, you know, the past couple of overtime losses and blown third period leads. And to me, it comes back to, and this is something you and I talk about in the rink all the time, is the, the losses of Bergeron and Krejci are catching up to him. Because you don't have the depth up front that you once had. And I think that that's sort of hurting them at the moment. And it didn't look like that at the beginning of the year. I don't know if they were playing on adrenaline or what, but right now it's, I don't know. I think it's caught up to them a bit. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. You're right about that. I think that Minnesota game the other night, you know, Minnesota has that top line that is as good as anybody's top line uh, yes. you know, when they're going. And the Bruins didn't have an answer for them in the third period and in overtime. And a lot of teams don't have an answer for Kaprizov and Boldy and, and those guys. But, uh, you know, I think that kind of crystallizes where the Bruins are at right now in terms of holding leads or winning games. A, a line like that can take over the game in the third period and overtime and, and, and win the game for the, for the Wild. Uh, and the Bruins, you know, you hate to keep going back to it, but if they had Bergeron to put out there and they had Krejci to put out there, you know, at the end of the season, if they had the guys they had, you know, Orloff, Hathaway, uh, Bertuzzi, you know, they probably win that game. But, you know, so things change. So I don't know if that's – is that really an argument for, for where they're at? Because they couldn't keep all those guys. You know, no, and two of them were going to retire. I, you know, I don't think them hanging around for another year would uh, would was was realistic. So, I think it's just a case of the Bruins taking a step back, as expected, realistically, and, and this is where they're at. Yeah, they have an unbelievable record. They're going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, the old thing is just get in, just get in the tournament, and you know anything can happen. Florida sure proved that last year. Uh, so the Bruins are going to win, are going to make the playoffs. But uh, like I said, I'm not confident that they're going to have any kind of a run in the in the postseason. And that's the other thing is that I think they like to me they could make a real run in the postseason. They have the goaltending for it. Like if yeah. if you know Swayman and Olmark go on heaters, it wouldn't shock me if they did go on a run. But looking at this roster and, you know, Coyle's production hasn't been as prevalent as it was, you know, a couple weeks ago when, uh, you know, Zaka's back off injury and, you know, Patra slowed down a little bit production-wise. I know he's off at World Juniors now. And I kind of go back to, like, 
you know, beginning of the season, the way they started, the way Coyle looked, and Coyle, I think, still has been really good. I think he's been one of their best players this year. I still look at kind of how they have center depth and think, well, you know, beginning of the year, I was like, maybe you don't need to go out and get a number one center um, next offseason. Maybe you can survive with this and you can kind of do what Vegas did for a little bit there of let's, you know, use guys like Chandler Stevenson and build around him. Now I'm, you know, maybe again, it's, you know, kind of what have you done for me lately, but now I'm looking at it and saying, all right, you do need to figure something out with getting a number one center, whether that is, it doesn't have to be this season. It can be over the off season. It can be a trade. It can be, I don't know how you're doing free agency, but you know, uh, and again, you're not in the first round or the second. So I don't know. You're not getting your guy there. So I, I still think number one center, um, is a need, uh, now again, I don't know, like, you know, can Zaka Coyle be your one, two, you know, one, two forever is what's, what are the steps Patra's going to take in future years? I think those have to be considered. Um, but I, to me, I, like, I agree with you. I think, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if they went on a run, but it also wouldn't shock me if they're out in the first round because, and what we're seeing lately is like the, I think the scoring so far has just kind of dried up a little bit, right? Yeah, it has. It has, uh, and you know, not to put it all on Jake DeBrusque's shoulders, but you know, his numbers. Let we know what they are. They're not. Uh, they're not what you expect from him. Uh, and if he had, you know, say he had eleven or twelve goals at this point, well, you know, then maybe, maybe would things would look different uh, this morning. But he doesn't, uh, and. You know, you 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 think he he will break out of this at some point because uh, because he's a good player. But uh, you know, the longer this uh, the longer his slump goes on, uh, you know the you wonder, you know, what's his future uh, in terms of a new contract? What, what does he do the rest of the year? It's uh, it's up in the air. I want to hit on this DeBrusque thing because it's you know with the O. With the OT play the other night, it's kind of on everybody's mind of what is his future? What's he going to do? But first, a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks. If your team wins, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. Again, FanDuel.com Boston. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. In Mass, 21 plus and present in Mass. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start, GameSenseMA.com, or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Now, back to the show. All right, so we'll stick with uh, Boston for a bit. You're the Providence expert, so I want to leave that uh, for the end and so people, you know, can 
uh, here, your expertise down in Providence, because you're always there. Uh, DeBrusque, you mentioned it. Uh, four goals in 29 games, I think, which is staggeringly bad in the sense of just what you expect from a guy like DeBrusque, especially in a contract year. Like, I thought he was going to completely just explode this year uh, with points and goals and make the decision, you know, get a big contract at the end of the year from somebody. Uh, now it doesn't look so sure. What should they do with him? Because you've been around a while, you've seen similar instances. Like, what what should they do with a guy like Jake DeBrusque? Well, I guess what I would say about him is that uh, they should look to trade him and get the best deal they can. Uh, they should test the market. I assume everybody, uh, you know, he's one of the guys that probably is uh, – being talked about, but uh, before you back up the Brinks truck and give him a long-term contract with worth a lot of money, which is what he, which is what he's going to get someplace, uh, you know, see what you can get for him. You know, I wouldn't give him away for sure, but you know, he could be, you know, involved in a in a trade that maybe the Bruins can can make to uh, to better themselves, not just this year, but down the. More importantly, I think down the road, uh, you know, can you get a can you get a high draft pick? Can you, you know, package him with something or someone else and and make yourself better that way? Um, you know, before you, like I said, back up the the truck and and give him all this money, you you got to uh, you got to look into that stuff. And I assume that the, that's what's going on in the in the front office that they are looking at that. He's not a guy who I, I think that you're going to, as much as I like him, that you're going to, you know, just give him a, a blank check. Um, his inconsistency is an issue. There's no question about it. Uh, and we're seeing that right now. We saw it before when, uh, you know, a couple of years ago before, uh, it, you know, even the beginning of last year, the, the talk of, you know, the coach doesn't like him and this and that. And so you got to – you got to see, you know, maybe there's something out there that you can uh, make you a better team by by trading him. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. You look at what he could have potentially got in previous off seasons or previous seasons, and maybe he, you know, is worth a first round pick, or you could package him and deal him for uh, a much better player. You know, you could package him, let's say, for Elias Lindholm and put, you know, a couple prospects around him. And a deal like that, I don't know if that gets it done now. And and I, I agree with you. I still think he has value. He's still a potential 30-goal scorer. Like, he, he's defensively responsible for the most part. Like, you know, he... he uh, like, he, it's tough to give up a guy like that. Because it's like what you could be. You know, what he could be is a very strong top six, you know, 30-goal scorer. Like, that's what he should be. And I think it's kind of... I think why he takes so much crap is like, I think fans look and say he could give so much more and there are times he does and there are times he doesn't. And, you know, I go back to like, I would love to get, you know, if possible, realistically, because I don't know if, if packaging him for a better player, like a Lindholm is still on the table. If it is awesome, like that's, that's great. But if you could get a higher draft pick, even if it was like a, I don't know, high second or something like just to get you back in the mix. I wouldn't hate that. 
Uh, but I'm like you. I would be so curious to see what a team would give for DeBrusque because I do think, like, I, you know, I don't know if you're dealing him to a contender because you could see him in the playoffs. Like, I, I don't know if that's what you want to do. Um, you know, does a does a younger rebuilding team take a chance on him? But then you're, if you're giving up future assets, if you're a young and rebuilding team, that doesn't make sense. So, like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like this is almost kind of unprecedented because the Bruins are you know, third in the NHL, to deal off a legitimate piece or what should be, I feel like that doesn't happen often. And I, I agree with you. I think if you can find the right deal, do it. But I don't know. I feel that they might just hold on to him and say, let's see what we can get out of him down the stretch. What do you think? Yeah, they might do that. That, uh, you know, Don Sweeney is has a track record of being very cautious on on trades. So, yeah, he might. They might decide to just wait and see. Uh, but, you know, two things about Jake is he has had some tremendous postseason performances. Uh, yes. Remember, was it a game seven against Toronto a few years back? Yep, it was. He just was unbelievable. So, And he has a record of success in the playoffs, which a lot of guys out there don't have. Uh I think he has 22 playoff goals career. That's uh, that's a good showing. Uh, it is. The second thing is, you know, he's. I think he's at the point in his career, and I, you know, people, media people, fans do this all the time. They they think that he can develop into something more than what he is. When a lot of times, what you see is what he is. He's not going to. Maybe he's not going to be a consistent scorer. He's going to be a streaky guy who puts up 27 goals one year and uh, and has uh, you know 17 the next year. Um, so you know, I think what you see with him is what you get, and you know, that's why I I wouldn't. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I wouldn't hes- hesitate to trade him if the right deal came along. I'm not talking about giving him away for uh, you know. 75 cents on the dollar, but uh, if the right trade came along, you know, I would do it. Yeah, I'm with you on this. I think it's, I agree. I don't think people are like, you just get rid of him. It's like, no, like he has value. He still has value. And if you're not getting the right deal for him, you know, you hold on to him. But I agree in the sense that, uh, you know, he's going to want a big deal. He has the potential to be a guy who gets a big contract, but I just... Like, do you want to be hampered down by an inconsistent scorer who's making a ton every year? If it's if he's making, you know, three or four million dollars, that's one thing. You start getting over five, and you have that on your books for five, six years, and he's you know being inconsistent the way he is. You know, then I think you have a problem on your hands. Um, but Mark, you know what's never a problem on people's hands? HelloFresh. HelloFresh is always a good thing to have. I love HelloFresh because. Uh, you you know you we're running the ranks, but I always take some time to rip some HelloFresh. So uh, for more on that, here's HelloFresh. All right, Providence. Uh, this is what I really want to talk to you about. This is this is what I love. Uh, this week, uh, Ryan Mujanel came out and uh, had some pretty uh, sharp comments at Fabian Lysel. Now, I did not watch the game on Wednesday night that was on, I think, NHL Network against the Marlies. I was at uh, Catholic Memorial in Hingham. So, I, <laughs> more exciting hockey. Well, you saw a better game than uh, Providence Toronto. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if any of those players could could play in that Providence Toronto game, but uh, they they certainly put on a show at Warrior. Um, there was another clip I saw uh, Mr. Tenkrat tweet of Fabian Lysel uh, trying to dangle into five guys as he enters the zone, and there was another one that was tweeted earlier in the week that Muj was talking about that I think everybody had a different opinion on. Uh, what have you thought of Lysel's game this year? I know he has you know he does have points. But I think it's those finer details and those hockey IQ type plays that kind of continue to hold him back. What do you think? He's a very frustrating player to watch for me <laughs> because uh, you can see the talent, you can see the speed, you can see the skill. And, yeah, his numbers aren't bad, but uh, it feels like they should be a lot more. He should have a lot more. And he, you know – the skating the puck into traffic has been a constant going back to last year. You know, he just time after time, he does it, you know, skates in there's four guys, there's five guys, you know, I don't care what level of hockey it is. You're not getting through that. You're not getting through those guys. Uh, and the coach, yeah, the coach has called him out, you know, talks to him privately all the time about it. And, you know, said it publicly the other day and, you know, a month or so ago, Mouge said close to the same thing, how he needs to get inside and, uh, you know, buy in more to, to a team game. Uh, a lot of times I feel like there's three teams on the ice. There's the, the Providence Bruins, there's the opposition, and there's Fabian Lysel <laughs> on his own, doing his own thing. You know, I wouldn't want to be his line mate. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you because, uh, there's just not a lot going on there in terms of working with line mates or, you know, trying to, you know, you see a give and go once in a while, but, but not enough. Uh, so he's a frustrating player and, you know, we're a year and a half into his pro career now and uh, you want to see progress. And, and, you know, I think that's what's frustrating for the coaching staff is he keeps going back to, he, he he regresses. He'll he'll have a he had a, a couple of games not long ago where he scored the game winning goal in back to back games. He got to the inside and he and he scored. You know, he didn't walk through people. He didn't dangle. He didn't go bar down. He just got inside and put the puck in the net. And there's not enough of that uh, for me. So he's frustrating. And uh, you know, as far as I mean, anyone can pick out a clip or out of a game and say, you know, Oh my, look at this speed and this skill. And yeah, but at the end of it, he doesn't score. So, <laughs> uh, you know, big deal. Uh, you know, I, I want to see, I, I'd like to see him finish plays more and there just, just isn't enough of that, uh, to me. Yeah. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Do you, what have you thought of his play away from the puck? Because I know that was something that was highlighted a lot at Dev Camp. What have you thought of him kind of away from the puck? I'd say and, he's better. Story? He's better. He's working at it. He had a he had a four, uh, a back check last night. You know that where he got back, used his speed to catch up to a forward and and help to uh, to squelch a play. So he's working at that. Uh, but you know, you don't look. <laughs> You don't look to David Pasternak to uh, to back check, right? You, <laughs> no. You're looking for something else, and, and <laughs> so 
he, he's doing that when when the opportunity comes up. Uh, he is uh, he is getting back. Uh, so I, I haven't had a problem with that, but it's the uh, it's the decisions when he has the puck and what he's trying to do that that is uh, is the issue for me right now. Yeah, what was funny was like the other night when uh, someone tweeted the video, the first video of him kind of skating into traffic on that delayed penalty with the power, you know, coming off a power play. People were like, oh, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's got speed, get to interior ice. And it's like, no, why would you do that in that situation? Like, <laughs> you, you've got the man advantage, you are covered in defenders, curl away, like curl to the half wall and set something up. Or like, there's other things you can do that aren't just skate like it's like like have you seen that meme of uh, i think it's ralph from the simpsons getting thrown through the window <laughs> yeah. like don't just do that you know i set something up uh and i think that hits at what you said of play more of a team game well and that's the the frustration on that play which happens you know a lot of times on power plays you want him you want him uh with the puck with speed making the entry into the zone because He's so damn fast. But the play when you get in the zone is to give it to somebody who's open and then go into your, uh, you know, your plays on the power play. And a lot of times, you know, the puck on his stick entering the zone, that's where the play goes to die because they take it away from him. They send it down the ice and and you got to start over again. Uh, but that you know that particular play, they're down by I think two at the time. They have a there's plenty of time. If they can get a power play goal on that power play, it's they're down by one goal with time left. There's plenty of time to uh, to make something of that. So I think part of that is explains why the coach was frustrated that that he didn't do more with that. That that the, it was the same you know, scenario that happens over and over again. Uh, you know, things don't happen. Like if, if that was the first time that happened, I, I'm sure Muj wouldn't have said a word, but it, it yeah. happens and it happens and it, ha- it happened last night a couple times. You know, somebody tweeted that, yeah, they're looking for a big response from Lysel. Well, if you would think that, you haven't watched this guy because that's <laughs> not his uh, his thing is a big emotional fiery response that ain't him so you know it's just what do you expect from him you expect some points you expect some offensive flash and some flair but it's got to be within the team concept to be really to be successful and and right now it's not yeah i i agree with you so overall i mean do you like now with the bruins offense stagnating a bit is he ready for a call-up or no? I say no. I say no. And the reason I say no, aside from the things we just uh, we just talked about, is it's, you know, recalling him at this point and giving him a shot, that is like a massive F you to everyone else on the team that's playing within the – playing the right way and playing within the team concept and, and all of that. To, to call him up, he's not the best player on the team at this point. Not even close. Not even close. So why would you reward a guy with a call-up and an NHL chance 
Why? Just because he's a first-round pick? Just because you don't want to look bad? Because maybe, maybe, you know, somebody might think you picked the wrong guy? Well, that's not a reason to, to call somebody up. To me, you know, they'll probably call him up tomorrow now that I've said that. But, you know. Uh, <laughs> a Christmas I, I miracle. Don't, I don't think uh, – I don't think the time is right for that. Let's see a consistent stretch of, you know, team play, good, uh, you know, good offensive play, good defensive play, you know, without the, without the, uh, the, the hiccups that we've seen uh, or that I've seen a lot, uh, you know, in the last little while. And I don't, and I don't think this is an instance of the Bruins, you know, being anti-skill or anti-creativity. I mean, they did it with Pasternak. Like, they can do it when you do the right things and play the right way. You get rewarded. I think that's any hockey team. I don't think that like, oh, the Bruins are killing another skilled guy. Like, Lysel's had these issues pre-Bruins. Like, this is not a well, new thing. It didn't just happen in Providence. I think he's had it for a while. Well, I, I just if. You, if you look back at his, uh, you know, his track record, somebody's all and not inside. I don't think internally anyone this is going on, but in the fan base and sometimes in the media, there's always there's always a reason. There's always an excuse. Like, yeah, he fell. He fell to them in the draft uh, because of character, vague character concerns. Well, what are they? You know. Nobody ever says what they are. He goes to the World Juniors a year ago and just absolutely falls on his face. And somehow it was that coach's fault that, uh, oh, he didn't play him, he didn't like him, you know. And then, uh, you know, this uh, this season a little bit, it's, oh, well, he's only 20 years old. You know, he, he's young. You got to – and now Mouge criticizes him or, you know, I don't know if that's criticism, but, he, yeah, he called him out. He – he cited uh, some deficiencies that, he, that he's seen, uh, and it's like, oh, Moose doesn't like him. You know, the coaching staff doesn't like him. Well, it's always somebody else's fault with this kid. You know, and yeah, that, that's tiresome. It's getting tiresome. It's like some of the kids we watch in the in the youth levels and the prep levels. It's the coach's fault, not the. It's right. never the kids. You know, it's yeah. never the kids' fault. Um, Outside of Lysel, I know you mentioned you don't think he's the best player on the team. But who do you think down there up front? Because obviously we've seen like Warderspoon come up, Lowry come up. Uh, who do you think up front is worthy of a call up? Well, the best if player, anybody, the best player on the team recently has been Merkelov. I, I hands down. Uh, you know the points are coming. There was a there was a stretch where he wasn't putting up points and. Uh, but he was, he was, uh, his play without the puck is much, much improved. You know, there's much more of an effort uh, without the puck to be in the right spot, to work hard, to get back, you know, to, uh, you know, I mean, I've even seen him block a shot a, a time or two, which, uh, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if that happened last year. Uh, Another Christmas miracle. Yeah. I mean, not, not, uh, you know, not that it's just something he wasn't used to doing as a player coming up. He was all, always an offensive guy who uh, did his thing with the puck and, and without the puck, it wasn't really, that was somebody else's uh, concern, but now it's, he's made it into his concern and he's playing well. He's doing exactly what they told him he needed to do, which to, is improve his defensive play. 
because before, uh, you know, last year, the end of last year, maybe the, the beginning of this year, if he went up, well, you know, Jim Montgomery wouldn't trust him at all defensively because he, he wasn't uh, he wasn't getting it done there. But now he's much improved in that in that area, and he's the best guy in the team at this point. You know, he had a goal and an assist last night. He had two assists, but then they they reviewed the scoring and took one away from him. But I mean, he he's winning faceoffs. He's uh, you know he's not uh, he's not going to win a Selkie Award, but he's doing enough defensively for sure. Uh, and and the points are coming now. Um, so it, I guess the question is, or the problem is, he's a center, and he's not a big physical center. He's you know, he's he's on the. I don't know. He might be five eleven. He's not a. He's not a big uh, physical guy at all. So. You know, guys like that, I don't know, that coaches are looking for five foot eleven centers at this point. That. Uh, you know that aren't burners uh, and, you know, aren't really physical. So I he's got that going against them. And where would the Bruins play him at this point? Uh, you know, I've heard pe- fans say, well, put him on the wing. Well, I don't know. He doesn't play the wing. That's how's, it, that putting, how's that putting him in a position to show off what he does best, which is make plays in the middle of the ice, possess the puck. You know, you put him on the wing and, you know, is he going to go up against Pat Maroon along the wall and he, you think he's going <laughs> to come out of there with the puck? You know, probably not. So, if you're going to call him up, put him in a position to succeed, uh, or at least to showcase what, why you think he's a good player. And so I think that's at center uh, to me. Yeah, I agree with you. The only place on the in the lineup, because again, you know, you have you know Zaka's back. You have Coyle. Those guys are staying there. You have Potro at the World Juniors. The only area I would see would be third line center. That would probably be the only spot I could see if it was to happen. Um, but again, you have Geeky. Beecher's the foresee, like I, I, you know, I think my guess is Montgomery would trust Geeky more than a guy like Merck um, in that spot. But like that would be the only logical spot because I agree with you. St- bringing him up just to stick him on the left wing, and when you got Jakub Lauko trying to do the Michigan, I mean, Jesus, like, he's an NHL <laughs> lifer now. What would you have done if Jakub Lauko actually hit that Michigan? I mean, that would have been like a top moment in in your career, I would assume. I would I would have been uh, like a lot of people just speechless. Uh, <laughs> I was I was at a loss for words that he even tried it. Uh, you know, but yeah, if he had uh, he doesn't have any goals this year, right? Lauko? Uh, I don't I can look that up. I don't think he does. So, can you imagine if that had been his first goal uh, of the season and you know, I mean, he's not <laughs> He does what he does. He's not a he's not a scorer. He's never been a scorer at any level. And you know, again, you hear I hear, well, he can develop a scoring touch. No, no. He he have you watched him? He's a he's good at what he does, but scoring is not gonna be his thing. Uh so trying the Michigan, good for him. It almost worked, but uh you know, he's a fourth line left wing. He's fine in that role. Leave him alone, let him do his thing. It, you know, I think that's going to, it's going to continue to happen. He's going to keep trying it and I, good for him. Like do it, dude, like keep doing it. I mean, and that's what I, and the, the thing about the scoring touch is interesting. Cause you hear this a lot with Beecher too. Like, yeah. see, oh. 
Like the the pass across to Pasternak, I thought was funny. People were like, "Look, look what he can do with good players." And it's like, did you notice he made a great like awesome play in his own zone to get the you know to intercept that pass? Great job with using his speed and size to get past the the first defender. But the minute he crossed that blue line, that puck was to Pasternak as soon as possible as could possibly be. Um, so I like it's the same thing. I I think Beecher is an awesome uh, guy for that bottom six. But I don't think there should be an expectation, oh, Johnny Beecher's going to develop a scoring touch. Like, it doesn't happen at the NHL level that a guy just develops a scoring touch. You either have it or you don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and that pass, and, and this has happened on other plays with him, you know, there's a reaction like, oh, what a pass. Well, there's 700 guys that could make that pass. You're, <laughs> you're throwing the puck across to an open wing. It's, <laughs> NHL players can make that play. You know? They should. <laughs> they should. Yeah. So yeah, I'll give him credit. He, he got the assist. It was a nice play, but you know, don't make him into you know Connor McDavid here because he made one pass and pasta. You know, the sixty goal man put it in the net. I mean, it's not that uh, not that big a deal. But you know, yeah, the scoring. He he's ex- I mean, he's exceeded my expectations. I guess Beecher has because I didn't expect anything of him you know when he made i was a little surprised he made the team uh but he's winning face-offs uh i, I think that if his face-off percentage was like 40 percent, he might be in providence right now uh but he he's he's a big body when he when he applies himself along the boards and and gets physical he's uh he's productive and he, and he wins draws but he's not going to put up points not now, and and I don't think ever. He's just not that guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think he has the tools to be a really effective fourth line center in the NHL. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good right. thing. Exactly. Uh, um, anybody else down in Providence that's been sticking out to you that you've liked? I know they've been struggling a bit, but is there anyone else down there that you think has been, you know, over, uh, you know, overshot your expectations or anything like that? Well, one guy who's having a good. Uh, a good start to the season and has made progress, I think is Mike Callahan. Uh, you know, he is what he is. He's a defender first and always, uh, he plays a simple game. Um, he's a guy who I think coaches like the way he plays. He doesn't, doesn't, uh, he plays within himself He, he and he keeps it simple, you know, up the boards, you know, 10-foot pass to the open center. Uh, you know, there's no uh, – he's not carrying the puck up the ice and trying to beat anybody that way. He just plays within himself. Uh, and I think coaches like that, like players who play that way. They know what they are, and uh, and they play their role. So he's been good. Um, you know, two guys who have been surprisingly, I guess, uh, you know, Guys who've been around a little bit, Dan Renoff and Alec Regula, have been one of the best defense pairs in in the American League. Now, I don't see I don't see a lot of teams outside the Atlantic Division, maybe a few Northern Division teams, but uh, the plus minus numbers, and I know that's you know that'll be a red flag to some people who'll say, well, I don't, who cares about plus minus? Well. When you got like a plus fourteen and you're best in the league in that number, I, I think that means something, you know. It does. So it does. Those two guys uh, have 
developed into a really a, a, a real good shutdown pair. Uh, does that mean that they're closer to getting a call up or anything like that? Probably not. They're depth guys, uh, but they're doing a good job uh, so far. Um, and you need and you need that in an organization. Not every yeah, guy do. in the American League is going to come up. And there's okay. There's okay. Watherspoon, you know, I I think he struggled the other night, but uh, he's been pretty good. And again, like Callahan, he knows what he is, and he just does it. He he moves the puck, he defends, and uh, you know he knows what he is at this point. Uh, so he's been, I think he's been pretty good filling in. Long term, no, he's probably not the answer. You know, but until uh, no, I don't think you look at him as as the answer to anything. He is what he is, which is a depth player who can come up and give you some games when somebody's hurt, in this case, Forbort. So when Forbort's back, you know, uh, while the spoon will be back down, uh, and, you know, hopefully he can he can uh, get back to, I think it was the Islanders game. I thought he was really good in that game. Uh, I can't remember what, what he did against the Rangers, but the other night I think he, he had a tough time at times. But uh, – but last but not least, Brandon Bussey uh, was not good last night, and had, you know has has had some games lately where uh, where he hasn't reached the standard where uh, where he was at last year. I think there's a little bit of a health issue there. I think maybe he's nursing an injury, uh, but uh, you know he's stolen games for them again this year. Um, like he did last year. You know, I, I think he's a terrific prospect and, uh, you know, I'm not looking for them to trade him, but when you have two goalies like Swayman and, uh, and Allmark, and then you got another top prospect in the minor leagues, you know, you got to wonder what, what, what's his future? Uh, is it in Boston? Well, not right now. So maybe it's with another team and, you know, as part of a deal, maybe, Maybe you can make a trade that that, uh, that improves yourself uh, at the expense of uh, of a guy like Brandon Bussey, you know, going it, the other way. In the lastly, just in the off season, I mean, if they are to deal a guy like Olmark during the summer, right? There were the rumors last summer. Let's say they pulled the trigger this summer. Could Bussey step in and be, in your opinion, a serviceable backup who can play thirty games during the season? I think he certainly has that potential. The way he finished last season and the way he started this season, uh, you know, his numbers aren't as good as they were last year. And, and part of the reason is the team in front of him is not as good as it was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, his numbers are down. But, man, you watch him on a night when a couple times, uh, you know, where he just steals games and just – the the level the level of compete on the kid is unbelievable. You know he just will not. There's games when he just refuses to be beaten and never gives up on a on a puck uh, around the net. Um, yeah, I think he can be an NHL backup for sure. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Um, and I think you're the authority on Providence, so I'm glad to hear you uh, say those things and stuff about Merkulov and Lysel and everybody. Um, but anyways, Mark, this is a blast. 
This is this is us sitting at like Foxborough Sports Center in the middle of July with like a pizza, <laughs> a piece of Papa Gino's pizza, just shooting the shit. Um, uh, is there anything that you're working on that you want to plug? Anything you're you're doing that uh, people should be on the lookout for? Well, I'm working on a story on Jaden Struble, as as you know. Uh, I talked to Jerry Keefe about him uh, yesterday, and uh, you know, I think he's a he's an interesting story. Uh, Jaden is uh, a Rhode Island kid, and he stepped in, you know, with the Mon- with the Montreal Canadiens for God's sake. As a, I don't know that anyone, maybe outside of Jaden's immediate family saw him playing like 15 NHL games and playing well for Montreal as a first year pro, you know, right out of the gate, but he's doing it. And, uh, the big stage, I mean, he's kind of a kid who's made for the big stage. He, uh, you know, he was a star first baseman for Cumberland, Rhode Island in the little league world series. Not that long ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He wasn't just, he wasn't just another guy on the team. He was like a, you know, a big, uh, a big bat and playing first base in their lineup. So he's been there. He, he's had some of his best games in the bean pot with a full house at the TD garden. So maybe it shouldn't be a surprise that he can go and step into an NHL lineup as, you know, a rookie right out of the gate and, uh, and play pretty well, uh, you know, which he has so far. So, I got some. I got a story going uh, on that, and as I started to say, Jerry Keefe mentioned that. You know, he's uh, he always had a huge talent. Jaden did, and uh, you know, you're, you're starting really, I think, to see that in the NHL as he plays a simple game, not not complicated. Make the pass, move the puck, defend. Uh, you know, guys who guys who can do that and realize what they are can play a long time in that league and hopefully for Jaden's sake, uh, he, he can be one of them. I agree. I agree. I'm excited to read that. That's for us over at New England hockey journal, but, uh, yeah, Mark, this was a blast. Thanks for taking the time. Merry Christmas. Um, thank you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll have to have you on again during the season. Uh, but yeah, that's from Bruins beat. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins beat listeners have a great rest of your week. Teenage.